Episode 58. Bro, yeah, that's a lot. Talk about that. Did you ever think that we could sit down and talk for 58 hours? I did. That's why I started it. <laughs> We're like seventh grade girls. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew. You know, we've never run out of stuff to talk about yet, Johnny. So this is the one. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna run out of steam. <laughs> Stay tuned, listeners. So what happens now? You guys like stuff? Uh, this is cool. Stuff's pretty cool. Yeah, there is that. There is that. Uh, you know, we do. People, I, I bet people out there wonder, Johnny. Like yeah. they wonder, like you know, how much are we? And we're not going to answer the question, by the way, because we're going to keep some things mysterious. What? Like how much prep do we do? for right. this award-winning Hours podcast. of prep. You know what I'm saying? Like, how much How much do we map out the topics and where we're going to go yeah. and all those things? And we're not going to tell you what we do. I don't think anyone thinks that at all. I you think they think, think so? this is a random dive down the rabbit hole. <laughs> and, uh, but there's some talks. There's, there's some good there's talks. There's some pre-talks. There right? are some pre-talks. Yeah. But, I mean, sometimes the pre-talks are, eh, we'll get there. You know what I'm saying? But... But we know kind of some things we're going to say, usually. Well, I was wondering this week, because I was listening to the episode that we just released, and uh, I was wondering, because we just, we're so open, and then we're open about other people in our lives. Like, yeah. I talked about Laura and her vomit thing, <laughs> that she has this tick where tongue. she sticks her tongue out. And I thought, after after we did it, I was like, oh, this is funny. And then I thought, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder how Laura felt about that. Oh, she loved it. <laughs> she was good with it? Yeah. Well, you know, and the funny thing is, is there was a couple things I did in that last episode. I'll take to her and yeah. say, okay. Is this I, good? Well, or is this okay? Right. Like, you're one, you're one who's going to be more likely to want to push the envelope. Like, eh, yeah, it's fine, you know. Right. I'm one that's going to think, okay, I don't want to be a prude, but you're more careful. Is there? Is there? Well, you're pastoring, so that's part of it. You have to always you you have to, you have to foresee the emails, right? <laughs> exactly. It's a it's one of those lesser known prophetic gifts. Of yeah, seeing the negative emails that could come. I think Paul did that when he would write his gospels. He would always answer questions. Oh yeah. I think that was interesting about his writing style. It's like Paul was foreseeing the emails. <laughs> he was in a, in his own prophetic way. Oh, he was. But I like took. I'll take things to her and be like, yeah. "I'll go. Hey, what about this? You know, because we'll make a joke about this or that." And she, this last time, she said, "No, it's great. It's funny." So, so well, and it's not like we attacked her character. No, it wasn't about her. I didn't take her. Oh, that. Okay, no, yeah. I let that alone. Just let I'm going to attack her character today. I just let that. But that ride. was just I wanted to get the get the ball rolling with the lizard thing. And now that was it's when like, I did the throw up thing, quoting the scripture. You know, oh, I was like, right. ah, is that a? She's like, "That's funny. There's no. You're not making fun of the scripture." Which is, I think, is what I told you. So that it was fine. And well, right, but I don't. Like I said, Laura is your filter, not there's, me. There's levels of trust. There's levels of trust. <laughs> You're, if I want to know if it's really, really funny, yeah, I'll ask you. I used if to I have friends. Know if it's really I, funny and also not going to cost me my job. Yeah, I, Laura. I used to have friends I would run jokes by in the early days because I was like, "Is this okay?" And I don't do that anymore. I uh, maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> in other news, Johnny just got banned. Yeah, that's from right. I can't Montana. Do. Yeah. Well, I did go to Montana. You did. Uh, too far. You said that the road was so long and flat. You told me this at lunch today. The, the speed limit was 85 miles per the hour. speed limit. So you were doing 95. And you I were, was doing 94, 95. Right, because you can do, go 10 over. You can go 10 over. What's and, the proportion of that, though? Like, is there not some sort of, like, I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, how do you, for a cop, surely doing 94 
Right. Even though it's only nine miles over the speed limit. You're still doing almost 100 miles an hour. Right. Like, there's got to be some level of it doesn't equate to you doing 44 to 35. I don't know. Well, there's parts of Montana that are a state park, and you can only do 30. And if you get a ticket going over the 30, like even four or five miles over, they will give you a, like a $250 ticket. My brother was driving back cross country with a friend who he was, who was moving back to Tennessee. Yeah. So he drives over. And or he fly he flew over and then they drove her car back together, uh-huh. and they sped through the national park because there's just, it's a 24 hour car trip basically from Montana home. So he was like gunning it, and this cop pulled him over and was like, "Do you want to get killed?" Because basically bison just come out wow. into the road. It's like you don't survive that. You know, it's not like you hit a rabbit or a whatever. It's like you're not going to survive a bison. So this wasn't that. This was the other side where it's like the Autobahn, evidently. I was on the Montana the Autobahn. I was flooring it. So. Yeah, I mean, 95. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a fun speed. Speaking of hitting rabbits. Yeah. So I came to work this morning, and there was a rabbit dead in the church driveway. Oh. And Is I that thought, like an omen? And I thought to myself, no, I've been run over. And I thought... How fast are you driving through the parking lot that you hit a rabbit? From the bo- they, how fast from the bottom to the upper lot did you have to be going? Because rabbits are pretty crafty. Yeah, I mean they're sprightly. You know they jump here and there, as, hither as and it were. Hither. And the deal is, though, someone literally, you know, they they I don't know, man. They I wasn't say gun down you a should, rabbit. You guys don't have cameras? Sure, we have cameras. <laughs> you want me to give a security breach here on it? Not, not to that particular part of you the should, parking though, lot. You should, though. Now that you know, you got I a rabbit killer. We were gonna what if a... the rabbit was killed somewhere else and brought to this scene? You know, is that kind of a... <laughs> does that ever happen? <laughs> Someone felt really bad, so they planted it. They planted a dead rabbit. I don't know. There was a, t- there was a text thread in the staff thread this morning about it. You know, it was actually really funny. Someone was like, you know... Our little bunny friend, as if they know him, and he's been right. running the whole time. They said that so John Wagner picked up the rabbit and disposed of it, but he, but apparently another rabbit was watching him while he oh, did it no. from afar. Oh no! So yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to. I don't know, guys. guys slow down. That rabbit's got a. <laughs> the rabbit's got a vendetta You're now. Doing 95 through a parking lot. This yeah. is not Montana. No, it's not. This is not a bison. These are little bunny rabbits, man. man just you be know. careful out there, just guys. Be, just guys. Just and be, if you're a bunny listening right now. Watch your back. For real. Look look we're, both ways. We're coming for you. Even in parking lots. We're coming for you. I, thought I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it got real dark all It did. Sudden. It got crazy Johnny's dark. had a bunny vendetta ever since I've I'm upset, him. you guys. Oh Just goodness. what's the deal? We get it. You got long ears. Big deal. Okay. Oh, wow. Look at me. I live in a hole. I don't know why I hate bunnies so much. It's, it's, were you a Bugs Bunny guy, or were you? What was your cartoon? Loved Bugs Bunny. Loved Bugs. Yeah, and you can't really watch Bugs Bunny anymore. Hardly. No, it's so not uh, politically correct. Oh, they have some yeah where you have like uh, Native American characters. And oh yeah, have... he does Native American characters. He dresses up like women, and they do. There's all there's all kinds of like. Is it not okay to dress up like a woman? I'm saying like. He's doing a lot of cross-dressing things where oh, he's, like stere- gen- he's stereotyping females. Right. Oh, man. I loved Bugs Bunny, though, in terms of the... It is funny that you don't see it anywhere. Like, you don't see Bugs Bunny on... I, I don't really watch Cartoon Network very much. Really? Not with Sadie? No. What does she, she watch? Disney. So she watches, like, the shows, the, the sitcom kind of shows. Well, we watch, like, Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. So we, we watch those kinds of cartoons. Uh, we watch... Um, Dude, Phineas and Ferb is the, is the best. Is it? Have you never watched it? No. Really, really weird. Well, I don't have kids, so like, it'd be I weird love it if because... I loved Phineas and Ferb, wouldn't it? 
No. I think no? like you would enjoy it. Like it's very it's very I'm gonna put it on the TV. I'll I'll check it out. It's very like tongue in cheek, but enough that kids would enjoy it, but also the grown ups can enjoy it, you know? So and it's got a lot of ridiculous um so they do the same like the same kind of things happen every day. Yeah. So it's like an endless summer basically. And every day, I don't know what we're gonna do today and, and but then they they have this pet platypus it sounds more and more ridiculous the longer i begin to explain yeah it. no this sounds who's <laughs> actually like a secret agent yeah and so when he has his hat on he's agent p and but he's their pet platypus and every time it's, where's perry and that they ask at every show where's perry and then he jumps into some weird like he'll be just in the yard and all of a sudden like this like the the bird fountain or something will just open up and it's a secret tunnel it's a secret it's a different secret tunnel every day to mm. his place where he gets the he gets the news from the headquarters of what his nemesis, Dr. Doofenshmirtz, is doing. And it's always oh Doofenshmirtz. So he always goes and fights. And Doofenshmirtz is expecting him, and he always captures him every time. He always tells his evil scheme, and the platypus never speaks. So it's like really, really funny after you've watched like 35 episodes because – you, what are they going to do this time to make to help Perry find his way to the secret layer? And what is Doofenshmirtz going to be? He's always making up these stupid and everything. Every time he's built something, yeah, like the hot dog anator or whatever, where he's right. going to freeze all the hot dogs in the tri-state area. And it's always anator after everything. You know, right. this is my, you know, you know, get. <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> improv. We've already heard how good you are at improv. Improv, Mr. So, Bob. No, I, I do. So we watch Phineas and Ferb, or like uh, there's another one called uh, Big City Greens. It's a cartoon on Disney. Big City Greens. Where this like really redneck country family has moved to Big City, which is like New York or whatever. And so it's so we watch that, and then she watches like the shows. Yeah, like Jesse or uh, those are old, but they're she still watches them or. Um, Stuck in the middle, or uh... I was thinking the other day about all the sitcoms I watched growing up, which I feel like I was practically raised by sitcoms. television. <laughs> yeah, just by like television, I knew yeah. so much. Like John, you've talked about it before about how good I am at '80s trivia, mm-hmm. and it's because of that. Like I know, too, I know too much. Like I know, I was I was I was with somebody the other day, and there was an episode of Alice that came on. Remember the show Alice Mel's Diner? Yeah. So I was like, you know that Linda Lavin, who played Alice, sings the theme song to this. <laughs> and the person was, was like, how do you know that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but I just know that she was like a Vegas singer. And then they got her for the job. And so when they wrote the theme song, she sang it. Out of all the incredible gifts that God could have given you. Right. He why gave me that? one that was useful to mankind? You know what I'm saying? Why? Linda Lavin's still alive. She was on an episode of... Was uh, she the waitress? Yes, she was the one who the show was kind of centered around. It was yeah. her. She had just either lost her husband or divorced from her husband. She moves to Phoenix to start her life over. I thought she was takes, kidding. I think God's given you gifts that are good she for She takes mankind. a jump. No, John, totally stop kidding. it. No, keep it mean. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll do mean so well. speaking of uh, the lizard uh, thing with Laura and that, I was thinking about that when I was listening to that episode. And I was thinking, you were a third generation kid in ministry. Yeah. And so you must have been used as a sermon illustration a hundred times, I right? I don't remember being used ever. Because, because you were always good. No, it's not why. Like, my grandfather was the main person preaching. Oh, okay. But the, but he, he didn't care enough about you to put he you wasn't, in this. He was like, no, I got better stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, it wasn't, he was an old school preacher, and it wasn't their way to tell a lot of family stories. Oh, he's, right. He's expounding the text, you know, from the scripture. Yeah. And um, I don't know when... Because I, I used to, I used to watch Seth, you know, as a kid. And oh, yeah. Andrew would tell a story, our pastor, and would tell a story. 
you see Seth just want to crawl under the seats or whatever. See, what's funny is, is I use, I mean, it's every week that I speak. I'm going to use my family usually. And so we were laughing about using Laura last week or whatever, but I, I do, I think it's, it's very similar to what you talk about. You do in comedy, um, in that I, I try to always make myself the butt of the story or the yeah, joke, yeah. you know, like when in doubt, or if I'm not, if it's going to be something else, I try to ask permission to, to see. But usually it's a, because it's true. Usually in all the stories, I am the butt of the story or the joke. Like something bad happened because I was an idiot. Um, you know, and occasionally I'll, I'll pick at her for fun or whatever. Yeah, I've known but, a couple of guys who teach and it's always like, and then I did the right thing again. Praise <laughs> the Lord. And it's so... Reverend Lovejoy. It is. It's very... Uh, it's weird to see somebody be the hero of their own stories. Yeah. It doesn't jibe and it doesn't feel authentic at all. After no. a while, you're like, okay, I've noticed something about this guy. Yeah. No, I don't... I, there are times I will share something where, okay, I had like, I, I shared a story... Um, I don't know if I said this in the podcast or not. You know, I was up in Lebanon. I was going to the DMV. Yeah, the boonies. I was going to the DMV, which, wow. And uh, because I it's have a, a double whammy, I have a Lebanon CD, and the DMV. I have a CDL license. And man, to get it renewed like every five or ten years, it's like it takes an act of Congress. You can't just get online. You can't go to one of right. the little kiosks. You can't. They actually want to make sure you can still drive the vehicle, John. Is it you're bothered by that? No, they don't make you do anything like the that. They just make you come in person. Oh. I would, if they made me take a test again, that might make they me feel better. They want you to better. show you're still a person. They just want you to show up and do extra paperwork that you can't do over the web because they haven't put it there. Like, it's just this ridiculous thing. Lebanon, anyway. get out of here. So I'm going there. I'm a little bit early. It haven't opened yet. So I stop at the pilot. Exotic pilot gas station mm-hmm. in Lebanon, mm-hmm. and there's a guy sitting there, um, just him and a dog and a couple tires. Yeah, just on the side. And he looks like he might not, you know, have a place to stay. So I kind of look at him. Everybody's kind of walking in. Lots of people coming and going in the morning through there, and I just kind of nod at him or say good morning or something. I don't know. So when I come back out, he says, "Hey, man." can you give me a ride? And I was like, okay. And he says, so my van broke down and it was obvious after spending time with him that he lived in, in his van. His van was like his place. Yeah. A van broke down and I just got these tires put on it. And will you drive me down a discount tire? I'm going to try to return them and get enough cash so I can have the money back. So man had taken the tires off his broken down van oh, in, wow. in the pilot parking lot. So he has a dog, a backpack, with all of his stuff in it and two so I was like, Well sure. So I load him up and we get in the car and I have like this it's like a half a mile drive. Yeah. And the 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 message I was talking on was about it should be normal to have conversations of faith with people that you don't know. Like yeah. us getting to to the place that that's not so weird or a witnessing campaign or going door to door. Excuse me, sir. Do you know you know right. like we 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 just it's, there's nothing natural about it. Well how about God's going to let you live your life and just be aware and awake. And so I find myself, as I told the church, so it's weird, like I'm telling a story like I did something good. But the truth is, from that half mile, he talked the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he's mad at the guy who was supposed to meet him and didn't. He's going to go to his work and track him down. And it's like all this stuff. And I'm clueless about, I'm just, you know what, today the best thing I could do is pick up the guy and do something nice for him kind of thing. Yeah. And so when we left, you know, he got out and he, the discount tire guy came out immediately. He unloaded his stuff out of the truck, the dog rode in the back of the truck, by the way. And all I could think to say was like, Hey man, listen, I'll, I'll say a prayer for you. And he looked at me like I was from Mars, Yeah. you know? And I was like, I don't know if that was good or bad. I mean, it's okay just to do a good thing for somebody without having to, you know, I'm st- but we, we think of it. So anyway, it's one of those examples where I shared a story where I did something good, 
But even in that story, like I had no clue. It was like, guys, what I'm telling you is what we're going to talk about today. And I'm supposedly a professional right, you're not Christian it all communicator. Out, yeah. I don't know how this yeah. works. You know, it's still weird for me. So, but I, I don't, I don't think I ever feel like I am the hero of the story. So that's what's even weirder to me. Not that you'd make yourself the hero in the story, but that you would believe you were. You the would hero see yourself that way. Say it, you know? Yeah, I think that's a thing. To me, when you do that a lot, if somebody, I know comics like that where they're always the snarky guy and they're never the dumb guy. And it does the the audience senses it after a while, uh, and it it hurts your likability because yeah. it's like this guy, yeah. and because um, it just doesn't ring true at all. It's it doesn't feel right. No, no, I don't think it. I think I think it's what's wrong with most everything. You know, that's what's wrong with. And we don't want to harp on social media or whatever, but I mean the filtered life and and yeah, you know. <laughs> I really do like to. I like the way I look in a filtered picture because it's better than yeah. what I really look like. Yeah, they were talking <laughs> you know? about the new iPhones that are coming out now that are going to have like automatic, like, correction. Yeah. So that photos, we're not going to have a true image of ourselves. Wow. Isn't that weird? Wow. It's going to. It's going to warp our own image of ourselves. Yeah. After a while. How long until we start making mirrors a bit the same? Bro, mirror mirror you know, on you the could wall. Do it. You could do it right now probably. Techno- technologically. I challenge someone out there. Bring me the technology. Your mirror is just a forward-facing camera with a great filter on it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you watch. You watch. Ugh. Wow. It's like a Black Mirror episode. You heard about the show Black Mirror, right? It's like a Not only have I not heard about it, I have not watched it. You've not heard of Black Mirror? It's kind of like a Twilight Zone, but it's all about a future dystopia where technology is like out of control. Like self-aware out of control? No, well, it's it's very like there'll be one episode. They're like thirty minutes each, but there's one episode where it's like your comp- your likes are what get you through the day. It's like money. Oh wow! So people just have accepted this form of life, and uh, your personality online gets you more, you know, credits basically. So there's a whole episode about that, and it's really weird. What it's a cool do? show. What do, they, do they work jobs still? Yeah, but it's you just have to see it. It's it's episodic, but it's kind of like Twilight Zone would every now and again do a thing where it would be like that. They're all have like weird twist endings, and it's uh, a good show. What, what's it on? Uh, Netflix. Netflix. Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Is it is it suitable or is it filthy? I don't I don't remember. Uh, I'm sure it's it gives depending on the episode. But Everybody, Johnny W. It's not for kids. It. Our new sponsor, Black Mirror, <laughs> would like to. No, uh, no, but it's I don't know. Yeah, I think about that. I I think that that's where the, the, we already have it built in. The whole idea of like this is what my worth is. You know, it's already creeping in. So how long before it's like? Well, and even in my job, you know, I'm doing these events now coming up where they're ticketed events, and they're looking at okay, well, what's your platform? What is your reach? You know, promoters are looking at me in that way. Yeah, and so it's it is it is uh, credit, uh, it is right. it is money it's because they're saying tied to your livelihoods. Well, so. even when they're looking at you for books, they're like, okay, what's this platform? What's this whatever? You know, how many blog readers? How many? Yeah, I had a, a couple weird, a couple weird things. You, I've written enough books now, and it's never actually come out. But like, uh, my agent has been so confident, yeah, that I can write books. That I've heard it. He said in two meetings now. Hey, we may not even have to write it a sample for this because the the publishers are going to already know that you can write well. Yeah, you got you got to a point where you didn't need the. Well, well, it's always been required though. I always go. Yeah, they're going to want to see what yeah. I'm going to say about this though. But his confidence in me makes me almost uncomfortable. I'm like, well, yeah, but I got to, you know, that that 
you just you just I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm not really a rest on your laurels because God knows I've not made anything. You know what I'm saying? Like I've not made it. I don't I don't have some. I just think I'm a working writer, which right. is a, which is a in and it's of a good itself thing. something to be grateful for. I get I get to write, um, and I don't ever. I'm I'm pretty much surprised every time <laughs> that, that that yeah. That I'm always yeah. I think to me it's like uh, I was talking to Tim about that. Tim Hawkins when I was on the road with him, I was like. I always feel relieved when you get like the first laugh because it still feels like every crowd could turn on you. So if you get like the first couple of laughs, you're like, okay, well, those worked here just like they worked in Topeka. Let me just keep. And it kind of keeps you going. So you never still feel like, oh, well, of course, this." I never feel like, well, of course, it'll go well. Yeah. I'm always like a little bit relieved. And uh, I mean, I'm more confident than I have been in the past because you're like you've had a good track record of things. But. It's still good. I don't know. I think it's good to go in a little bit of like suspicious of your own self confidence. Well, I think I think confidence is confidence is a strange topic. I mean, out of so much like the change in my life in the last three to five years, confidence has been the central theme. Yeah, and it is a. In fact, I have a couple just like aphorisms that that I I think of all the time, and and that are kind of just like spirit things that remind me one of them is like i have to be reminded from that scripture in hebrews to do not to do not throw away your confidence for it has a great reward and because i'm it's it's interesting wording because i am likely and prone to literally toss the confidence as far away from me as possible like when things begin to to build when the when the pressure builds or i have a couple no's in my life a couple times that i get told no yeah. and you know and I, I, I when i sit with writers and authors people ask me all the time they want to write a book i get tons of that they want to write a book i'll take calls talk about it whether or not you know what the next step is and at the end of the day one of the things i tell them is listen you're just going to have to get ready for this, that if you're going to do, if you're going to write and you want to write professionally or you want to write something that's going to be published, it's going to be about two yeses to every eight no's. Like yeah. it really is, if if not more in the beginning. Like I get one maybe yes every 10 times. So you just got to get used to that. But it still rattles me and I want to throw that confidence away. And yet confidence holding on to the wrong part. So then for me yeah. to reconcile what kind of confidence to keep. Is I say to myself or pray to myself, um, when it says it says we are of, of the we are of the people of God who have no confidence in the flesh is that term. I know in the flesh sounds like an antiquated term, but basically in the things that I can see uh, or in my own abilities without outside of the spiritual realm having yeah. any interaction with it or influence over it. So when I say flesh, that's what I mean by that, not just my body. So what I try to really pray is, you know, God, let me have no confidence in the flesh. But no confidence lost in the spirit. Like that's that balance, that that middle ground. Let me today not walk in just like I lived all my life, really spiritually anemic with a sense of scarcity that I'm not trusting that God actually is for me, that he will bless me. There's something in my life that I know is wrong because every day I know something's wrong in my life and God's going to hold that against yeah. me today. And it's gonna, and, and it's funny. It, it, it generates into when you're a preacher in the wrong mindset. Well, God, you know what? You're going to let me bomb today because you know, I watched the wrong thing on TV before I fell asleep last night or I didn't pray enough this week or I didn't. And it was like this real, um, everything was very, 
uh, judicious in my mind. Right, God, punitive. Yeah, yeah. God's justice, justice system was going to punish me in like kind to how much effort I put forth or its level or how many sins I committed, even though I never would have theologically said that was right. Yeah. But it was just the, the emotional place. That's what confidence is. That was the emo- That was the reality of the emotional place that I lived. That's how I treated him. No matter what I thought I believed, that was the, the, the true and functional belief system. And so that's why I think scriptures and other things, so he says, remind one another of these things. I have to remind myself of confidence almost every day. Like, Hey, I don't need to head into this meeting just, you know, oh, man, I'm not going to get it. But I don't need to head in this meeting either like, well, I've written a bunch. It's going to work. Like, you know what? Or whether it's a counseling thing. You and I are talking. I've had some difficult counseling things that I don't know what to do. There's there's problems and other stuff coming to me. I'm not like – it's not like you go to – got some handbook for every single situation. Yeah. You walk in there going, wow, I don't. I hope I can really be a good sounding board and listen and offer some biblical wisdom. You're just going to have to trust. No confidence in the flesh. Don't come in here haughty. But no confidence lost in the spirit that God is for me, not against me. He's on my side. And he promised he'd help me in it. So anyway, that's just my that's my confidence spiel. Well, if just so you know, I have no confidence in you either. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I lost it years ago. You're talking about agents. Like agents are a weird thing. Like it's uh, I really love the agent that I have now. And his name's Kevin. And I've been with him for... Shout out, shout out to Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. Not a sponsor. He went with me. We went to Cincinnati together. He drove because he was going to come up and see the show. I did a homeschool conference before I did the Montana show. So he goes, well, well I'm going to come up and see the show. I was like, oh, okay. And then I said, well, I'm renting a car one way. Why don't we just ride together? Because he said, we'll come up, we'll talk. And uh, when he said we could talk business, I immediately I emailed him back and I was like, if you're kicking me off the island, like I'd mm. rather just know now. Yeah. He was like, why would you think that? I go, I don't know. I'm insecure. Hence my job. Like it just, it seemed very natural to me to just be like, oh no, is this going to be the weird breakup talk? But that's just how I feel. I've always, I'm always waiting for that moment. He was like, no, I want to come see the show. I haven't seen your show in a while. I thought we could talk about future God, projects. I had the same thing happen. Yeah. My agent was in town, my literary agent, both of them, yeah. two guys I work with. And out of the blue, it was like three o'clock. They're like, hey, it's last minute. Yeah. Our meetings are done. Could you grab dinner tonight? I didn't even know they were here. And I was like, oh, man. Either, like in my three scenarios, either they just want to hang out because we're friends, because we are. Two, there's a new project that, that they want to talk to me yeah. about, which would be cool. Uh, or three, they're letting me know they're downsizing, you know, right. and like, I'm just not, I just don't make the cut anymore kind of thing. Like, I, I literally... <laughs> thought of all of those you know and it, yeah. was, it was number one by the way it was just we that's, were just friends hanging out which is awesome so nice yeah, it was awesome. it's good to have friends yeah yeah i'm always that guy we've talked about that before i'm always afraid of the the dangling bucket of blood when i get you know i'm prom queen but only for a moment before the bucket of blood falls on me that's a carry reference for those who aren't well that's called aware. you know that's 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 what Brene brown uh calls foreboding joy and I mean, it's a topic we talked about before, but yeah. I think it's a major reoccurring theme. Yeah, it's a big thing. And I think most comics have some level of it. Uh, and what I started realizing was like, it's not like, yeah, I believe this will happen and then everything will be over. But at least it all happened and I'll be grateful. No, it's like dread. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's not a good thing. But uh, anyway, it wasn't that. Kevin was great and we had to talk about things and it was cool, but... I always think agents are so funny because, and like, and I've talked to Kevin about it too. I was like, you know, you guys are perfectly positioned to take credit for every good thing 
and to deflect blame for every bad thing that happens in an artist's career. Like you need an agent uh, at some point if you're going to go to another level. But then it's always like if you just have if like if I got a movie tomorrow and it was given to me like like let's say Tim Hawkins or Michael Jr. who are friends of mine they get smart too they can't do it. they're like hey you need to get I want Johnny W to do this and then I get the call you know there it's likely that Kevin would be like well we got you that movie like that's just how it is but if I have a, an August that's empty like I just there's no gigs they just right. be like it's just slow Johnny's it's trending just, downward it's just slow it's just slow for everybody like they wouldn't be like I need to work harder they'd be like. <laughs> It's real slow, and we laugh about it. But I mean, he's better than he's the probably the best guy that I've ever had, and because why? Because I can just talk to him like that. I just talk to him like a real person, right? Um, but yeah, I was comics that are comics and authors and people like that that always are like, "What do I do to get a?" Because they always think like having an agent will will make you something that you're not, and it's just never true. Well, oddly enough, so I mean, you and I are probably a little different in this respect that. And, and and I know you feel this way too, but like I'm of the firm belief that my agent does not need me. Yeah, right, right, um, right. No, no, no. I believe and, that too. And that I need him. Uh, they don't treat me that way at all. And so I, there's a there's a real like I, I'm still surprised again when like I'm like God, they're just so nice and kind. It's just yeah. a, it's a it really is a humbling God thing because it works best when you don't need each other. You yeah. know, it's like they come along. Hey, John's been writing these books. We want to be involved. As long as they don't say this, we want to be in the John Driver business. When they say that, oh, that's yeah. when you run. Yeah, even I don't want to be in the John Driver <laughs> business. And, you know, the the thing is, for what I do in particular, because I'm not – I do sit every once in a while in the main chair as an author. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm literally under a contract for two things with them. I'm a writer and an author. Uh-huh. And so the writer side of me is like – that's when the agent made a huge, huge difference because they're in a pipeline of people who are trying to do projects. Yeah, they're looking for worker. Right, they're right. looking they're, for worker bees. Right. It's 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 adding to a project, and and there's such a freedom to that. Like as mm-hmm. much as I love the the main chair and everything, like we're pushing endorsement this whole year. Um, I got a radio interview by the way tonight on. Boom. Uh, I think it's the it's called belowthebelt.com. It's a uni- interesting. Okay, yeah, oh, sure, u- sure. Yeah, University of Maryland College Radio, where they interview. Anyway, it's going to be at ten o'clock tonight. Johnny, below below the belt. Yes, lots of people. Lots of people are listening to okay. University of Maryland College Radio at ten. Oh, it's going to be such o'clock a at pathway night. for you. It's, I mean, I can't imagine what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> it's just like when somebody got on Johnny Carson back in the day. It's just you know? like that. It's just you just like knew it. like my life has changed. Like I, you know, we'll 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 talk about life before below the belt and life <laughs> afterwards. You know, um, but I mean, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for it. But you know, but it's a lot of hard work. I'm writing a bunch yeah. of guest blogs. Um, um, I'm hustling, you know, I mean, I'm doing what I can and, and I, I really did with that just so everybody, cause let's just address a few things. Like if you're listening and you're a writer and, and some of you guys I know listen and, and, and you write things like me throwing around and Johnny, or if you're a comedian or you want to perform in those things, me throwing around the word agent, like it used to just dagger me when I'd hear somebody doing something like I wanted to do and an agent just like, we're just throwing around. Like it's a thing my agent called, agent called, you know, yeah, yeah. like it was a huge deal right. when I got an agent. Oh. And every day, at least weekly, I thank God for these guys I get to work with. So I don't I don't mean to throw that around like that's a, you know, well, you know, because I'd be devastated if I didn't have yeah. these agents, their friends. But and, like you say, you want them to kind of pay 
like when it, when your agent pays you personal attention, it's really interesting. It's kind of that that feeling that you you know they have other artists in their roster and yeah. Like I've never really asked Kevin that. Uh, like, but I asked him this trip, who was on your roster? He told me some of the names. He was like, these are some big deal names that I didn't want to. I don't want to say, but he told me I was like, oh wow. So there's this old story about it. You know, like just like lawyers, there's lawyer jokes, there's agent jokes. So like this is the one that uh, my buddy Marty told me. He's like, this guy uh, gets a call. He's at the airport. He's like, you got to come home now. Your house is burned down. Like your wife and your kids, they're gone. We don't know. It's so bad. You're, he goes, what happened? Because your your agent came by. He's here. He called. And it's like, and the guy's like, destroyed. He's like, what? Wait a minute. My agent came to my house. <laughs> Everything stops. Why did it? What did he say? <laughs> like that's how hung up artists are right. on on special attention from their agents. Oh my goodness! I remember watching like the old VH1 behind the musics of um, like this one was for uh, Warrant. Remember the band Warrant? Yeah, yeah. Heaven isn't so far away. Yeah. So Janie Lane's the singer and everything. And, yeah, they're huge hair metal. Cherry, she's my cherry pie. Which he actually, the song of Cherry Pie, which they're most known for, which is horrible, like horrible. just a horrible, grotesque song. But he literally, they wrote this whole record of like darker, he was going to these darker themes. And there was a song on that record called Uncle Tom's Cabin. That was, was this really kind of a, a weird, uh, psychological, dark song. And then they hit, so the record was going to be called that. And they were like, no, we don't hear a single. We got to have something else. We need something that's like a fun ballad or no, no, a fun rock song. He was like, like about girls. And he was like, fine. So on a napkin, he wrote this song. The filthiest cherry song pie. ever. And that's what they're known for. And so he literally had to sing that. And he ended up dying and drank himself to death, like, you know, 10 years later. But he was known for that song, and he hated it so much. But he literally wrote it as like a get off my back. But anyway, they, there's a story in their VH1 behind the music where they come in to their label, which I think was RCA Records. I'm probably wrong. It might have been Sony. But they walk in, and before before... You know, they had had their poster right behind the main desk because they always like this is the example of our, you know, the big boys on our roster. And they walk in and it's like they had meetings for the record that was about to come out. And it was Allison Chains was on was in that they had been replaced. And they're like, we literally felt like this is over. Like hair metal was ending. Yeah. The Nirvana and all that changed it all. The whole Seattle sound and everything. So it's like that was kind of the tipping point for them. Like we knew we did not have the full support anymore of our agent. And uh that's what happened to Travis Wyrick, who did our our record. Uh, yeah. Is like he was in a band. They were they were opening for big bands. They just opened for Bon Jovi. They were had this huge local following and southern regional following. They were a band called Sage, and so they were just getting ready to go and meet with Sony. They had like a pending deal, and then all de- all their pending deals were put on hold. They said we're sending agents out to Seattle now. They want there's this new grunge thing happening, and we're so we're. So everything that so the whole music industry changed overnight, and Travis was kind of caught in that yep. that weird jet wash of that of like, all right, we're done. Like everything they've been working towards. That's what I always thought too when I'd hear like these rap core bands. You know, everybody wanted to be the next Lincoln Park, right? And uh, you know, there were a couple of Christian bands like that, Pillar, and some of those guys that were doing rap core. And you were just like, they wanted to be Limp Biscuit or whatever. And like every. The, the industry, this can't withstand right. everything. This, is, this cannot last very long. And sure enough, it did. And then you right. still have, you still have, it's, there's fallout from that. And uh, it's so strange. But then I, th- I think that about almost any kind of music. Like then you had, you know, uh, the Mumford and Sons thing where everybody was just going to like yeah. play acoustics and, you know, a snare drum and, and wear Civil War reenactment clothes. Yeah, 
<laughs> playing their uh, what do you draw these beards, what these do you beards call them? that were unbelievable beards. What you call the wash playing a washboard. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. There's a lot. Of, it's like roots kind of music, very uh, Americana vibe to yeah. it. And then that, of course, it's kind of run its course now. Well, I mean, the people that love that music, it's not that it wasn't good music. It's just those waves of things that happen. It's interesting. Yeah, and it seems like they change a lot faster now. You yeah, know what I'm saying like like it's harder for things to last. Yeah, I mean, like Sadie is always talking like she's confused yeah. if Taylor Swift is a pop artist or a country artist because apparently we thought she was coming back to country, but she's about a new yeah. pop song. Like she's just doing both markets, I guess. Well, yeah, and, it's like you can used to be able to go from like your nobody. Like uh, Marty, my buddy, he grew up in Columbia, South Carolina, and that's where Hootie and the Blowfish came up. Yeah. So he would see them for 10 years at campus bars playing Hold My Hand and I Only Want to Be With You and, and Let Her Cry, all those songs. And then they became the biggest band in the world overnight, seemingly, with Cracked Review. And then they got so overexposed because it was kind of the, the beginning point of that overexposure uh, with digital me- media and radio, like we would just play some of the death where fans would be sick of them. And then it was like a joke to, to even be a fan of theirs. You'd be ridiculed. So it's like we, those phases of, like you said, it's such a quicker cycle now of who are they? We've got to have them. Let's destroy them. Like yeah. those three phases happen in a, in a month. It feels like now yeah. you can be, you can go from nobody to overexposed to, or to exposed to overexposed. And then you're like a joke and you're out. Well, it goes back to that danger of any of us that work in art, like especially if you're people of faith. Yeah, you got to figure out where your confidence lies yeah. because it is a changing. I mean, dude, I've got a uh, okay. I got a review the other day on the. Oh no! Okay? Was it good? Bad? It was. It was literally a. They use words like a must read. Oh, okay. Uh, everything's great. You know, like this is funny, tongue in cheek. He, you know, covers it, it, you know, blah, 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 blah. Four out of five stars with not one negative thing st- said. <laughs> Four was just the most they were going to give. Right. And I'm like, well, what? And I go and look at the site and there's tons of five stars. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, and that's not, that's that weird place. I find myself mm-hmm. going, Hey, if you're going to give me four stars, that's fine. <laughs> Tell me why. Like, don't, don't. And I went and they had like a little mini critique you go and only the author can see. Oh. But they didn't actually put anything. It's still, it's like five areas with five points. Yeah. And so they give you an average. And like one was on plot development, four out of five. Mm. And four, like, well, I don't, I don't have a plot. You don't it's have a, a plot. nonfiction it's... book. It's like, or them feeling like if you're nonfiction, whether you cover the topic well. I was like, the oh. entire joke of the book is that I cover the topic so exhaustively but anyway, it's all subjective. And at some point in time, you go, like, this is going to change. People's opinions will rise and fall. Yeah, I it's spent, a moving target. It's no, there's no way to. I spent so long as a pastor, not scared of people per se, but like priding myself that I can keep people happy. Yeah. And because I, I, I just always had that ability to do that. Um, and even if they got upset with me, then we could talk, you know, and I can help you. I could either apologize or I can explain what it was we're trying to do, yeah. or whatever, and it just always worked until it didn't. Yeah, and it just, it just stopped working. Yeah, day. it's like that ministry of appeasement. Yeah, yeah, it's like we help we held you at bay for another day. It really is that. <laughs> it's a it's a hey man, you know how many we're not trying to like and I don't mean to use these terms, but there's what they are. It's like I was less I wanted to make disciples, and the only way to do that is to keep them from leaving. Yeah, my best bet is to keep them from leaving, and then hopefully they'll just become disciples. 
by hanging around this long enough. And yeah. that's just a total backward way. Now, now looking back, like, dude, me sitting around worrying about whether or not they stay or go should be like the minimum of what this is really about. Look how far away we are from having an honest conversation. What I need to do is to be able to say something to you that would make anybody else leave but a disciple. Yeah. And so that you would understand to go, okay, as a disciple, I, I'm saying, yes, I invite those kinds of conversations so that I can grow. And that's what makes me a disciple is that I'm not running from that. Yeah. Forget about whether you're running from this church or, or to another church, wherever that is, mm-hmm. wherever that is. Because lots of people, you know, we'll, we'll have, we have some people in a, in a, um, a luncheon we do for new people on Sunday who are great friends who were here for years. And, and because of some things with their kids and their season of life, they had left for a while. And they came back and we were talking about that. And they were like, you know, we went two or three places you know, b- between. So we find, and they said, you know, the bottom line is everywhere we went, we found, we found that there were the same problems, whatever it was, it, whether it's, a, you know, it's enough people in a certain group for my kid's age group, or yeah. whether it's a this or that, or, and so, I mean, you begin to realize. And that's when you would say, well, tough, you can't come back. You've made your choice. Right? <laughs> Sorry guys. You would close the doors, that, no, we chain them. We'd, we'd love having them. So. <laughs> You're all welcome. And when you say new people, you don't mean babies. Right, right. <laughs> and those would be new and nude people. I saw this. That there was a bank. I was in like a small town in like South Carolina, and there was a bank chain there called New People's Bank. And I just expected to see like a bunch of babies in line. <laughs> new People's Bank. Dude, there is a in Hermitage mm-hmm. for, I don't forget the name of the bank, but there's a thing that says, you don't even need a bank. I think it's a credit union. Have you yeah, seen yeah, this yeah. billboard by yeah, Walmart? I think so. And these two guys are dressed up in. Oh, they look like Dumb and Dumber. Is but, it the Dumb but, and Dumber tuxedos? Yes, it looks like, but they're not regular tuxedos. Yeah. They're like inflatable. Yeah. Like almost like sumo. But it's the orange top hat and the whole thing. And a blue. Yeah. And they're just making this funny face. And I'm going, I mean, because it's right near That's where, supposed Sadie's, to make me want to put where my money. Sadie's volleyball courts are. <laughs> so I'm sitting there watching this last night going, I need more context. Yeah. Like, what about this? Okay. You just saying what, you don't even does, need a bank. Like you want to give my money to you guys? Well, they mean they're a credit union. It's better than a but bank. Why they're are local. they dressed up like that? Why is it not a normal Dumb and Dumber tuxedo? Why is it inflatable? Why are they making those faces? Like, what am I supposed to take away from this? I need help. It does not inspire confidence in your financial institution. No, well, Johnny, you know I'm a pretty a big man investor. in an orange top hat. As you know, I'm a pretty big investor. Yeah. So I mean, a bank's going to really benefit from my business. I mean, they might get one, two hundred dollars, you know, every couple years. That Monopoly guy seemed like he had it together. Yeah. You know, in his outfit. He really did. That's the right he? kind of top hat. I'm looking for the guy with the little, the little what do you call that? Monocle. Monocle. What I happened to Monocle? I almost said spyglass. What happened to Monocle? Do you have to have an extra amount of eye fat in order for that to stay? Yeah, and like, how do you, is it just the one, I guess because, now I have this, Curry has, I don't have it, but Curry has the one eye. She only has a contact. Curry only has eye. one eye? <laughs> <laughs> you never noticed it? <laughs> yeah, that other one's made of wood. No, <laughs> no. Uh, she's only got one eye that needs a contact. Wow. So we just buy them, and then she just puts the one eye uh, contact she's in. She's a cycloptic contact. So she could technically wear a monocle. Now, that's the other thing. Has a woman ever worn a monocle? And why, if that's called a monocle, are glasses not called a bionicle bi- or something? A- <laughs> like, like, why did we change it? And we a, went a bicycle. Be- Wait, that's not. That's a, that is a thing. <laughs> I would not. <laughs> uh, uh No, that's weird, though. But what happened to monocles, you know? It's like, I think it went away the same time pocket watches. 
Have you noticed? You know, I have like a things watch. on a tiny chain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was cool because it really was kind of like the Bluetooth of their generation, though, because it was attached. Yeah. It's kind of like this little, what do you call these? This thing that hangs around my neck, it's a Bluetooth, so they always have it The near. cradle, what is that? I don't know. The- Monocle. It's a, <laughs> and so that's what it was. It was attached to them, so yeah. if they wanted to think about how, like, accessible it was. Did your mom ever have the chain for her glasses, her reading glasses? Where you just They just hang there? Yeah. They dangle there? My mom wore that, and then, like, I think when she would get through eating, there'd be, like, food. <laughs> In the It would catch the food. It was like a little... <laughs> <laughs> Which I found that would happen with me when I would wear a cummerbund. It was like a crumb. How often did you wear crumb. one? Well, whenever I was at a wedding and I'd be eating cake or whatever, the finger food, you'd be like, you'd look down and be like, oh, my cummerbund has, has acted as a a food <laughs> trap of sorts. You got to clean it out. You got to clean that cummerbund filter. It's like a it's like a bib, cumber bib. It's a cumber bib. That's what we should have for babies. New well, how, new people. We you ever notice that cummerbunds have kind of you don't see a lot of cummerbunds. No, it's anymore. all vests now. That, they were vests in high school for me. I wasn't doing cummerbund. How <sighs> you know, cummerbund though was a good way for a guy with a big midsection. I don't think so. I think it made it look like, boom, it's out there. Then. It was almost like Spanx, though. You like cinch, you it, cinch up, it up. You know? uh, it's like a gut decoration. What you don't want it is... It draws attention to the gut. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. It's like man. a championship belt on a big dude. Just take, sounds... it from, take it from a big dude, John. It's like a... <laughs> I was not a fan. <laughs> what if someone had a wrestling belt that was a cummerbund? Uh, something. Wouldn't that or your be cummerbund a... just said like NWA world champion Golly, or whatever on it. What we That's a theme wedding that needs to happen, right? Well, this is something we need the uh, listeners to weigh in on. Yeah. Weigh in on, Johnny. Hey. We, no, we do. We need like one of those places that, that sells. By the way, those places are such rackets, right? They rent you pants for $100 or whatever. Right. It's craziness. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, you don't have socks? Socks are $12. Yeah. What? Yeah. I used to rent from a place called, shoot, was it called Streets? It was down on Gallatin Road. Did it have a Z? I don't think so. Oh, well, it should. Have, have you seen, though, the market that's coming? Uh-uh. It's, oh, my gosh. What's it called? I think it's called. Bionicle. Oh, it's like America. American crazy corner with two K's <laughs> oh, no. and it's got a big American flag. It's a gas station coming oh. down here off of Hobson Pike. Yeah, I thought of you. I got to take a picture and see the crazy it. corner. The cra- I think it's the crazy corner with two K's. That's not good. You like, don't add it. You don't have a third K. What that's, would it that's mean if it was crazy corner with C's in the first place? Yeah. Like I have some problem with gas station branding. You never sometimes. want three K's together. That's a bad thing. You don't want that. I think that's why there's no three K races. Well, that would you know probably, they just go straight to five. They just go straight to five. <laughs> I always It'll be affiliated. I, I really have problem. Like for example, it's Exxon. They they I think it's Exxon that they label right. their gas station sudden service. Right. Like this is a bad sudden service is like a an attack. Right. That's like diarrhea. Oh, like suddenly. Yeah, it's like unforeseen kiss in the worship song. You yeah. know, instead of uh, we we didn't like sloppy, sloppy wet, wet kiss. kiss. So we went to umber- it's like unforeseen kiss is assault. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> go give somebody an unforeseen kiss, see how it goes for you. You know what? I've never thought of about the fact that what would an unforeseen kiss really be in real life? Like an unforeseen well, kiss if you're the pers- guy. From the person that you know and love. So let's sure. that's what the context of the song is about. But it's saying when heaven meets earth. Right. Like he- heaven loved earth. And so earth could trust heaven. And- <laughs> <laughs> it feels like you're a marriage counselor now. They- <laughs> you can trust heaven, earth. <laughs> 
Talk about your feelings. I had this thought today, by the way, and I know we're just now literally uh, ping-ponging between various topics. It's fine. I had this thought walking into IHOP today uh, that – because somebody sent something and they were saying that we're not of this world, you know. Uh But, you know, I did all that reading on like that God's not going to destroy the earth. He's going to renovate it. And that we will, like the new Jerusalem will be on earth, you know? And I thought, you know, really the accurate theological way to say it is, is I'm not of this world, but I am of this earth. Like Mm. that, that, that's the thing that makes sense. This earth feels familiar to me for a reason and I'll actually will be here and it will be, it will be back recreated to the way it was intended. So as soon as we finish destroying it, is that what you're saying? Right, exactly. Where do you fall environmental? Let's get, let's go deep because we're almost done. Environmental, are you, because like. I've kind of changed some of my, because you see the science come out and you're just like, man, this is hard to refute. But this idea, like, I feel like it's a linchpin thing for a lot of believers. And I think it's so interesting. I don't understand why it is. It's like this thing of like, if we believe that we can destroy the earth and we're taking away the sovereignty of God, it's like, no, we're supposed to be stewards of the earth. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think here. Let me see. <laughs> I mean, I'm not afraid of this topic or anything. Um, John tiptoes to the line. Just, there's just so much. There's so much there. I think number one. Like the whole idea, the whole like debate over climate change existing or not. Yeah. Like I point to things like the flood or the ice age. Like guys, the climate's always there's there's been changes in climate forever. I agree, but that's the way some people dis- to dismiss it. Right. No, I'm just saying though to say that it's impossible. Yeah. No. Well, man-made climate change though. Okay. Right. Man-made climate change. I would say again. I'm not a scientist in that respect. And Wait here, a minute. Here, what? Here, I know. You're shocked. I think I would say, like, so what? I'm okay with either one. If it was disproven tomorrow, I wouldn't yeah. be like, oh, my gosh, wring my hands. If if it's proven tomorrow, I'm not like, oh, my gosh, wring my hands. Like, it has zero to do <laughs> with the sovereignty of God or any of those things because God has always used the choices and circumstances of man. That's a that's part of the miraculous part of, of yeah. sovereignty. The ones that, I don't like is the people that like just throw garbage over their shoulder, being like, "Well, he's going to recreate the world anyway." Yeah, that's just a that's a weird issue. like. Yeah, that's a, no. I agree. I think we should thing. be stewards of the earth, and that's what's funny. You know, I mean, to me, there's this the stewardship is a part of what makes life. No, I'm not talking about like it going totally crazy, crazy environmental your whole life. You may choose to do that. I'm saying all of us being stewards of the things that God entrusts to us is a part of the joy of life. Yeah. You know, stewarding as a father, what I have in my daughter, though it's difficult, all those things, though I can't affect every outcome, but me having some ownership and management of the role that I have been given Mm -hmm. is a part of what I do every day. Like it's a part of what gives me purpose, you know? So I think to say... We should just not worry about it is 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 number one is dismissing the fact that Jesus said you don't know the day or the hour. None of these things. God's not revealed this to us until I come live as good stewards. He didn't say just he wasn't speaking in terms of of the environment, but living as stewards of the gospel, you know, live like this, regardless of when I come is not for you to know. So I think that principle could be applied to all kinds of things. Well, I mean, I can't just act like because God may God will come back. I don't know when. So therefore, I'm just going to live my. I'm going to spend all my money and not, you know, not take care of my kid. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's the same. It's the same principle applied to all things. Now, do I think I can save the earth necessarily? I, I don't. I think I can just, you know, I think being mindful is wise. This is a wisdom issue, not a theological. You still, one. you still went too far. You went tree far. hugging son of a gun. I'm sorry, guys. I'm oh sorry. Again, gosh. I just, I, I would, I would like, I would like for my daughter to have, you know. 
I do miss seasons. I'll say that. I do miss in Tennessee there being a spring or a fall. Yeah. I don't know if that's climate change or not. I'm just making an observation that literally we had the longest. It was like Narnia around here. Mm-hmm. And it was it rained. It was the, the most rainfall we'd had, I think, in my lifetime. Throughout the whole winter, it was raining or freezing. And then literally this week, you get in the car and inside the car, it's over 100 degrees. And it used to be that we had 60s for a while. It was called spring. If oh, you remember that. right, the yeah. spring. That'd be nice. So. That would be nice. We'll get there, John. I don't know. So. It'll come back. But again, I don't know what caused it. I'm not a scientist. John's I'm, drinking I'm, from I'm, a styrofoam cup right now. Right now. Having this conversation. Right now. It's not going to break down for a thousand I'm, years. I'm spraying hairspray in my office <laughs> for no reason because I have no hair. Chlorofluorocarbons, so, right? I'm creating my own hole in the ozone that's shaped... In my the letters of my name, oh, like that's, that's how, nice. Like I do it like this, like a skywriting. Yeah, exactly. It's Beautiful. like a different kind of skywriting. That's so, neat. Yeah. Well, how thoughtful. Well, hopefully we've alienated everybody today. Come on back next week, guys. Form or fashion. Don't forget to leave a review and tell tell the listeners. Now, listen, we've got we broke the record this month. We blew the record. We blew, we broke the record two months in a row, and, wow, and we blew it out of the water. April right? was much, much more even than May, which was much, much more than March. Can wait, you compare wait, our numbers? Wait. April was more than March, which is more than February. Can you compare how what we did to, let's say, the opening of Avengers Endgame? I could. I don't think. <laughs> you remember that confidence thing we talked yeah, about? Yeah, let's not go there. Yeah, we would lose confidence in both spirit and flesh. That's fine. <laughs> but we did good. No, we for did. what we have, we did really good, and thanks for listening. And it means yeah. a lot to us. It really, really does. Um, and um, we'll continue to. And, and it's, it's time. I, I would like. We're going to have some. We have some other guests lined up. Actually, we do. Um, some of them are. We're waiting on some some timing for product releases and other things that they may want to to talk about on the show. But uh, we'll have some more guests on. I'm going to have Laura back on soon. It's been yeah. a while since I had her on. And, and find out what's going on. Let her correct all the things I've said uh, that were wrong because mm-hmm. she does remember things way more accurately. I'm going to see if I can make her nauseous on the air. That'd be great. Oh, I know so how. Yeah. Okay, good. I can tell you another time. Just your very essence. No, I know exactly what it is. There's, oh. there's a certain sound and a certain word. Oh, good. Uh, I can tell you the word. No, don't. I want it to be surprised. Okay, be surprised. So you that, guys that'll bring everybody back. We call that the te- a tease in radio. Oh, is that what we call that? Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, uh, guys, it's been a lot of fun, and we'll look forward to doing it again next time here on Talk About That. A crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.